Welcome to the Father Jim Willig Gospel Teachings Podcast, presented by Heart to Heart, a Catholic media ministry. Father Jim was a well-known and much-loved diocesan priest from Cincinnati, Ohio. Inspired by God's Word, for many years, Father Jim presented a weekly Bible study on the Sunday Gospels. In 2001, Father Jim went home to the Lord after a battle with cancer, but his recordings and teachings live on to inspire thousands. First, we hear from Father Jim's good friend, Jesuit priest, Father Michael Sparrow, who opens this podcast by proclaiming the gospel reading. Then, Father Jim's illuminating gospel teaching follows. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to his disciples, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to be with you always, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot accept, because it neither sees nor knows him. But you know him, because he remains with you and will be in you. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me, because I live and you will live. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I in you. Whoever has my commandments and observes them is the one who loves me. And whoever loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and reveal myself to him. The Gospel of the Lord. One of the real thrills, I guess... I should call it a blessing that I feel, is when people relate to me that something has really helped them through the week, that something stuck from what we would have studied, and it's really, should I say, like a flower starting to take root and grow and blossom in your life. I love when I hear that, and this past week I was blessed to hear from several people who took the invitation I extended last week to ask God for a motto. Remember, by sharing about how my priest friend, Father Casertes, said that to me. And so they did. They asked God for a motto, and they felt the Lord give them something that really is directing their life. One woman shared that she felt the Lord encourage her to use the gift of her voice to sing out his praises. And she said, Lord, I want to do this. This is my motto, to join the angels, to sing God's praises. Isn't that something? And the next day, she was invited to sing the national anthem down at the Riverfront Stadium. Careful what you pray for. God works in many marvelous ways. And we know that God is very much here tonight and wanting to 
help us. And we, as always, have beautiful words of Jesus to capture the gift, as you've heard me say over and again, is an evening with the Lord. Now imagine, how would you like to spend an evening with the Lord? It's kind of exciting even to think about, isn't it? But one of the ways, certainly, that Jesus spent evenings with many of his friends is in a setting like this where he would have taught them. And when he taught them, he brought them so much. He brought them when he taught them the Holy Spirit. And that's what we want to focus on tonight. If there's anything the Lord wants, it's for us to be close to him continually and never to abandon this great relationship. So Jesus tells us, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. Now, the Lord has already told us two commands. There's two commands in John's gospel, and only two. Can you guess what they are? Love one another. Absolutely. That's all he asks, that we love one another as I have loved you. Whoa, that's quite a qualifier. Not just love one another, but as much as I have loved you, so I want you to love one another. And his second command, wash each other's feet. Wash each other's feet. Which, I don't know if you remember me saying this, every wealthy Jewish household would have had servants, but if they were Jewish, they were exempt from washing feet because it was such a dirty job. It's like, I don't do windows or feet, you know. The lowest servant on the totem pole of importance would have to do that duty. Usually, in fact, because you understand these men and women walking on all dirt roads with sandals and without socks, would have had their feet every day become rather dirty and smelly and whatever. I won't go into the fact that the livestock also walked that same road. Use your imagination, enough said. And so it was a dirty, stinky job. And Jesus said, yeah, that's what I want you to do. So what does it mean to wash feet today? It means to love and serve each other in the most humble way. That's the command that God gives us. I was reading again Newsweek magazine about trying to understand children today in light of the escalation of violence and the trouble of our society. And what the, all the psychologists seem to be saying is with all the best intention every good parent has, we are neglecting our primary responsibility of giving sufficient attention to our children. People are too busy, we're doing too many things, and we're failing to love right at home. Charity starts at home. So certainly, as Jesus gives his command, I often think the hardest people to love are the people closest to me. Frankly, I have no problem loving all those beautiful people in China. I, I just have a great love for them. I have no problem loving the poor people in Latin America. I just have the problem loving the difficult people who are in my face. Those are the ones the Lord asks us to love. So that's how he begins. He says, if you do this, and of course, we always reap the benefit. His love comes back to us all the more. Jesus then says, I will ask the Father and he will give you 
another advocate. Who is he referring to? The Holy Spirit. Now, it's very interesting. We need to take note. Why would Jesus call the Holy Spirit another advocate? First of all, you would understand the implication here is that if he's talking about another advocate, then who was the first advocate? Obviously himself. He's the first advocate. And the Spirit then continues the work of Jesus. Of course, it raises the question, really, what's an advocate? Of course, we know advocacy is an important support system for those who don't have a voice today politically or legally. Even in Jesus' time, it was more of a legal term. And the Greek word for that is paraclete. Remember that word that we use sometimes to refer to the Holy Spirit, paraclete, not to be confused with parakeet, the small bird. The paraclete was someone who came alongside to help someone who didn't have much voice or power, importance, and this was legal support. But more properly, it was anyone who was, quote, called alongside of a person in need, called alongside to be a support and help. And so that's who Jesus tried to be, especially to the poor, the needy, the hurting, the sinner, the sick, the suffering. And that's who the Spirit continues to be. This is so important. You know, today I was with several people. Part of the privilege of being a priest, I feel, is to be invited to different places and persons at a time of need. And I was with someone who is in a hospital today, really suffering. And when I'm with someone who's suffering, I never quite know what to pray for. I never quite know, you know, because sometimes God does a lot through our suffering. He achieves a lot. You remember the week after Easter, I was on retreat at Gethsemane, and it was just when the spring weather was coming out, the sun was shining, and I one day walked out and caught this worst sunburn of my neck. And uh, yeah, I'm a redneck. Okay. And it was really hurting me by the latter part of the afternoon and into the evening, so I pulled one of the monks aside and I says, hey, brother, do you have any sunburned lotion I could borrow for my badly burned neck? And you know what he said to me? Hey, man, offer it up. Excuse me. I forgot where I was. I mean, these guys are big time into offering things up. You know, they don't eat meat. They don't eat much at all. In fact, they give up everything, really. And he said, with all seriousness, he says, really, you know, we have to suffer to get to heaven. I said, okay, okay, okay. I said, man, I came to the wrong place for any sympathy. And he said, oh, well, look, he could concoct some kind of, and he named some vinegar and some kind of, I said, forget it, I'll offer it up. Jesus wants to give us his spirit to help us in our needs. So I didn't know how to pray for this man and, and I was with someone else today, really in a, in a desperate situation. I didn't know how to pray for them. I've always learned, just pray for the Spirit. Because the Spirit knows what they need. And the Spirit is the gift that keeps on giving. The Spirit will give them all that they really deeply need and lead them to wherever they need to go for further help, right? So I always pray the Spirit come upon them. I prayed for this uh, person. And they were very troubled. 
But as I prayed, I just prayed, Jesus, send your spirit. And I was thinking of this gospel. Jesus, you promised your advocate to call alongside of us, to be with us in need. I, I trust that. And so I confidently asked for the spirit to come upon this person. When I finished the prayer, they looked to me and said, wow, I, I really feel better. And I said, wow, <laughs> that's the answer to prayer. But we talked a little further and she says, man, this is really weird. I said, what? I really feel better. I feel peace. I says, that is the spirit of the Lord. Isn't that wonderful? And I knew I could pray that way because the time I spent with this gospel, I'm telling us something tonight that I believe we can give to everybody and what they need more than anything. And that's the Holy Spirit who is the gift that keeps on giving. That is the gift of Jesus to his disciples. That's what we need. And Jesus goes on then to describe that spirit. He says, he calls the spirit besides an advocate. He gives the spirit a second title. Do you remember what it is? The spirit of truth. He calls the spirit a spirit of truth. Now, Again, we need to really pay attention. Why does Jesus say certain things? There's many ways to describe the Holy Spirit. Why truth? Why is this so important? I like to suggest another synonym would be wisdom. That the Spirit gives wisdom. You would recall there's seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. Four of them deal with wisdom. Wisdom, understanding, counsel, and knowledge. So much, I believe, comes in terms of what we see and know and think and realize and understand about ourselves and our life. That's half of the battle right there. And so the Spirit comes to give us the insight we need. I believe if we could see through the eyes of the Spirit, that is, think with the mind of the Spirit, our lives would change completely. And we would go a whole new way. The great challenge is to pray for that spirit guidance every single day. I was blessed this last Friday to spend several hours with Matthew Kelly. He's an extraordinary man and has a wisdom that I've never heard from such youth. It defies his youth. And I asked him, where in the world did you get that? He said, you know, that's what everybody asks me when I talk. By the way, this is a young man who talks, has traveled over a million miles in the last couple of years, has spoken in more than 70 countries and most continents. In fact, he's from Australia, even addressed the bishops in the Vatican City, Rome. I mean, is this man anointed and enlightened and when I asked him, where do you get this wisdom? He said, I learn it all in the classroom of silence. And every day I go to that classroom of silence and in solitude, I sit before the great teacher, our master. Wow. And I said, keep teaching. I'm sitting at your feet right now. And the more he spoke, I'm telling you, there is this bright light that just shone from his eyes. I have rarely seen it so bright in an individual. But I thought, 
Yes, he truly has sat in the light, for it has transformed him with a wisdom that has only a divine source. It's unbelievable. But what he was saying is, it's completely available. It's completely accessible to you. If you only enter into that silent place within your soul where God lives. And then he reminded me of something he shared that night when he was here in churches. Phil, I'll never forget it. He says, picture your soul to be like this left hand I'm holding in front of me. He says, God lives in our soul. We all believe that, right? Deep inside ourselves. And he waits for us there to touch us and teach us, to heal us and help us. But most of the time, our mind, even when we go to pray, is like this right hand. And I don't know about you, but when I go to pray, I'm like, playing the can't land. I am all over the place. Don't forget this. And oh my gosh, I got to be sure I get this. And oh, did I promise this person that? And these things, oh my God, you know how that goes. And we're all over here. He said, the challenge of prayer is to quiet our conscious mind and bring it to a still place of oneness with the soul. And there you meet God. You know, as I sat with Matthew Kelly, I can tell you, I felt the Lord's presence in a most powerful way. And I felt the Lord speak through him to me. And in turn, I knew I would have the chance to tell you, Jesus is inviting all to that classroom of silence. If we were to go there to take this continual course with Christ, he will teach us and we will become the wisest men and women. And that light of the Lord will not only enlighten our mind and illuminate our heart, but it will just fill and flood our spirit. Matthew said, you know, it's like holding a glass of water. Every day, the Lord will fill it. And after a while, her just, it'll overflow. And you don't have to worry about the effect you have on people because it will just flow out of you. It will just flow out of you. And I'd say, well, how often do you go there? He says about two hours a day. It's amazing how he takes the time. I share that with you tonight, my friends, because in the name of Jesus, I want us to invite us to the classroom of silence in our own soul. If we could go to that still, deep place inside ourselves, the Spirit of God will meet us there, teach us and touch us in the most profound way. And he said, and God will work great wonders through us. Even miracles will happen. Can we, dare we believe that enough to do that? Jesus goes on to say, as he's certainly inviting his disciples to that soul place, that sanctuary of the soul. He says, you know, the world will not see nor understand the spirit, but you do. We have to ask the question, why won't the world understand what we're saying right here today? Why? I propose it's because the secular world is caught up in material and physical things. We're caught up in just making a living and forgetting the purpose of life. You know what I mean? 
We're caught up in what Matthew Kelly said is living up to an image rather than reflecting on the light, the source. And so the world lives in this three-dimensional reality and forgets what spiritual people like ourselves recognize as the fourth dimension of life. You know that fourth dimension. It is the realm of the spirit. And you can't see it through any of the five senses, but you can develop a sixth sense for the spirit. You can sense the spirit for wherever you see and learn truth. There's God speaking. The spirit's coming to you. Whenever you recognize that, uh uh-huh, right, yes, that's the spirit. You can trust that. Whenever you experience love, there's the face of God. There's God. And what we need to do is go to that source of love more often and then share that love more often. There's so much love and joy, but it remains hidden. What Jesus wants to do is open up that door to share that. We in the Spirit, we who are disciples now, need to recognize the Spirit is with us always. There is not a single moment the Spirit of God is not with us. Amen? There's not a single situation. The Spirit is not with us, right? And so I say to myself, and I say to people, especially when they're going through a dark period, when you go through a dark period, you can't see it. You can't. We don't have that light. But we got to believe it. And so the first question often is, can you believe the Spirit's here somewhere? And it's hard to say, but yes. And Jesus says that in his next words, he says, I will not leave you orphaned. I will come to you. I will always be with you through my spirit. Now, there is this, can I say, a a certain kind of heresy that's been with the church for a long time. In fact, well, the first uh, name, the, the heresy is called deism. People believe in God, but they believe God is way out there in heaven, and we're way down here on earth. And God doesn't intervene in our worldly affairs. Brothers and sisters, that is a heresy. A deist believes, to give another analogy, is like a watchmaker. Someone who makes a watch, winds it up, and then it's set to go. And people believe that. God created the world. He put it on its course. Now you guys are on your own. Good luck. That, to any Christian is a heresy. It's a heresy we could easily fall into in discouraging times when I think, hey, God, hello, you up there? Because I'm down here. Come on down. And we believe, though, through the Spirit, God is very present to us, as present to us as our next breath. The Spirit is our very breath. And so Jesus says, I will never leave you orphaned. I will give you my spirit. I will help you in all your needs. I will be everything you need through my spirit. And the irony here is that Jesus' going away gift is to remain with his disciples always. As I say, it's his spiritual presence, not in a physical way. But when Jesus physically left, and we're being prepared for next Thursday, the ascension, huh? When he physically leaves his disciples, he says, it's good that I go on. Because the implication is, when he was physically with us, he was restricted to a certain time in a certain place to certain people. But now that he transcends 
and ascends to the Father, he will send his Spirit with the Father to be with us everywhere, all time, all places, all people. Powerful. And so we end on that high note of expectation and prayer. We're being prepared to go into a place where the disciples soon went to prepare for Pentecost in the same upper room, mind you, where they last heard these words of Jesus in the Last Supper. In all probability, went back to that same place to recapture that memory of Jesus, to re-believe and commit themselves to His promise of His Spirit. Amen. Thank you for listening to Father Jim's Gospel Teaching. We hope you have been inspired and will subscribe to this weekly podcast and share it with your family and friends. The mission of Heart to Heart is to proclaim the good news of God's Son, Jesus, to the entire world. For more inspirational teachings by Father Jim and Father Michael, visit our website, www.htoh.us. May God bless your heart and the hearts of all your loved ones.